River City Community Church is a church for real life. Real life is what we were created for and what we're all about. In fact, our mission is more people living real life by passionately following Jesus. Hi, I'm Pastor Sean Azaro, and we believe we were made to have a life full of meaning and purpose that can only be found in relationship with our Creator. That's what real life is. It's not just a church thing. It's a way of living that powerfully impacts every area of our lives. River City is come as you are and has a relaxed, casual feel with practical teaching, inspirational worship, and age-appropriate ministry for the whole family. We're located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Rotama Park. Our current service times are 9.30 and 11.30 Sunday mornings. River City is a church for real life, and so our home on the web is reallife.org. We hope you'll come and see us as you travel the road to real life. Grace and peace to you, and welcome to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Now, this is a church that exists to help people just like you. Find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. That's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. And today we continue in a series called Better Together. It's all about community, and more specifically, being in church. We just happen to recommend River City Community Church because it's not all about the worship and the message. Pastor Sean will point out the relationships and friendships waiting for you in church is part of not just a healthy church, it's good for your health. ReachingForRealLife.org has this full message, sermon notes, and series available for free. But if you feel led to bless this listener-supported radio ministry, then please do. There's a place to give at ReachingForRealLife.org. Today it's part two of the message called, Who Needs the Church? Pastor Sean starts off in Ephesians 3, verse 6. It's time for Reaching for Real Life Radio. Of this gospel I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace which was given to me by the working of his power. To me, though I'm the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he's realized in Christ Jesus, our Lord. This was always part of his plan. When God created Adam, he had the church in mind. He knew one day he would redeem mankind. And this church would be the picture of that redemption. When he called Abraham, when he raised up Moses to deliver his people, he had the church in mind. When he called Peter, the shores of the Sea of Galilee, when he confronted Paul on the road to Damascus, he had this idea of a community of redeemed people who would change the world. He had the church in mind that we would be the display of his glory, that there would be a group of people. Jesus said, where two or more are gathered in my name, I'm there in, the, in their midst. There's something unique that happens when the church gathers. See, this is the fulfillment of God's eternal redemptive work church is beautiful, as diverse as mankind, yet brought into one body. People from all different backgrounds, all different languages. No matter where you go around the world, you can find the church. And even though culturally we may be completely different in this area, where the most important thing in our lives, we're filled with the same spirit. And it's a beautiful thing to experience. If you get a chance to travel internationally, I encourage you, you get the chance, go just connect with a Christian church and just experience brothers and sisters who are totally different in culture, background, 
language, all the stuff, but who, when it comes to our faith, it's like, oh, you're my brothers and sisters because we all bear the Spirit of Jesus. This is a testimony to the world of God's vision for mankind, a world that is broken and torn, a world that is constantly at each other's throats. The church is to be a place where fallen, broken, sinful people can be saved and redeemed and can walk together in love and unity and can love each other. By this will all men know you're my disciples, that you love one another. Our love relationship is supposed to be the picture of God's redemption the picture of what people can be together in community that's the power of the church ephesians 3 21 says to him be the glory in the church and in christ jesus throughout all generations forever and ever we're supposed to be a place that manifests his glory and what i want to say and i want you to hear this and i want you to help me spread the word the church is not optional can you say that with me the church is not optional I'm going to say something that a whole lot of people will go, wait a minute, I don't know if that's true. But biblically, it's absolutely, overwhelmingly true. And here's what I'm going to say. You can't be a part of God's plan and not be part of the church. It doesn't work that way. You really can't. You can't be a part of God's plan and not be part of the church. I'm not talking about a particular church. I'm not talking about an organization or a 501c3. I'm not talking about a building or a property or whatever. You can't be a part of God's plan if you say, I don't want anything to do with the church because God didn't make it that way. It's like people come in, they get saved. Oh, God is so wonderful. I love forgiveness. I love Jesus. Oh, I want the Father, but I don't like all these brothers and sisters. And anybody who's ever had brothers and sisters, you totally get that, right? Brothers and sisters can be very annoying. Do you understand that's part of God's plan? That, That actually the annoying brothers and sisters are sometimes God's way to help us grow and become who created us to be? And if you have brothers or sisters who are annoying and you go, I want the father, I don't want the brothers and sisters, it doesn't work that way in family. You get the father, you get brothers and sisters. That's how it works. And here's the thing. Instead of worrying so much about the brother or sister who's annoying you, stop and ask yourself, wait a minute, who am I the annoying brother and sister to? Something to think about. You know? Go out and be an irritant for Jesus. That's kind of the... I'm kidding. But you know what I'm saying? I'm just telling you that there's something about having to connect with brothers and sisters. None of us are perfect. If you're sitting going, God, I don't like all these Christians, man. I don't like all these Christians. What you're kind of saying is, well, I've got it all together. I'm perfect. But they're not. That's messed up. That's really messed up. You're not perfect. Neither are any of the other brothers and sisters in Christ. The message of the gospel is we all need a Savior. We all need to be redeemed. And we're all growing bit by bit, to become more like Jesus. That's the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That's how it works. The church is not optional. You can't be part of God's plan and not be part of the church. You can't have all the gifts of the Spirit. Isn't that interesting? God intentionally didn't give any of us all the gifts of the Spirit. If I want to enjoy the benefits of all the gifts of the Spirit, I'm stuck with you, and you're stuck with me. That's just how it works. It's family. But together, we can experience the fullness of the Spirit because He does give the different ones in the body the gifts of the Spirit for the common good. That's His plan, to draw us together. We need each other. You see, the embodiment of the gospel is this community called the church. You and I are a part of it. 
Second thing, the church is not somewhere we go, but something we are. And this is kind of basic. I think we understand that, but a lot of people don't get it. And notice, by the way, I said we. Something we are. We can't be the church alone. Can't, it, but, but we know this, right? We, we understand. This is River City Community Church. We had to give a name something. We, we have a sign outside. We, we had to put something on the sign, okay? But we understand that, that like we're just one expression of God's church here in this area, and the church is not that sign. It's not this property. It's not an amphitheater. It's not this building. It's not the 51C3. It's not any of those things. The church is us. Us. We are the church. It's not a show. It's not a service. I, I get crazy people who tell me, well, I'd like to go to this one church because I like the message over there, but I go to this other because I like the worship over there. And oh, I've got a wonderful class I go to on this one over here. And just a little smorgasbord. Here's my church experience. Well, like where are you connected and committed and a part of the body? Oh, nowhere. I just go place, place, place. Like a, isn't that sweet? And yet it's common. And what, what that says is you don't know what the church is. You think the church is a show for your entertainment or for you, for you to just go and get what you want. Oh, I get my church. I get my church online because I, I, got, I got this one I like here. I got this one I like here. Now, I'm not saying we can't enjoy church service online. If you're following right now on River City Livestream, God bless you. Welcome. But I hope you're getting connected with people, okay? Hope you're not just sitting at home just doing that. I hope you're connected with people as well because that's what we do. We are the church. Church isn't somewhere we go. It's who we are. And it's critical. It's not a show. It's not a service. I've told you before, we're not making a product. We are the product. Disciples walking and living. And we're part of each other, one flesh. You remember in Ephesians 5, we talk about this passage all the time. We talk about marriage. Husbands, love your wives. Christ loved the church. Gave himself up for her. You know, we talk about that. Well, look at how he, he goes in verse 28. He says, he talks about Christ. And he says, in the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh. Look at this, where he's going but nourishes and cherishes just as Christ does the church because we're members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, he's quoting from Genesis, and the two shall become one flesh. Look at this. This is the verse that that just kind of wakes you up to what's going on here. This mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. This whole passage, yes, it's about marriage, but it's primarily about Christ and the church. And he's saying, you're one body. We are one with him, but that means we are one with one another because we are filled with the same spirit. Because of that, you and I are connected. We are filled with the spirit of Jesus. The church will never be better than we as the, we the people are. You know, if you say it's a good church, people go, oh, why? Well, you know, they got good sermons. They got good music. They got good classes. All the stuff is good. Good kids ministry. Now, what, the, what people should say is, oh, no, it's a good church because those people love Jesus. Those people follow Jesus. Those people minister together. They love each other. They love the community. They serve. The church will only be as good as we are because we're the church. The embodiment of the gospel is this community called the church. Third, and I already touched on this, but I, I want you to write it down, the church is a local expression of a global community. Local expression of a global community. Great illustration of that in Acts chapter 15. Paul and Barnabas are being sent from the church of Antioch back to Jerusalem because there's this dispute over whether the Gentiles need to be circumcised like the Jews did as a sign of their faith in Christ. So they send them back. And just this description is interesting. They're going from the church at Antioch. 
So being sent on their way by the church, that's what that's referring to, they passed through both Phoenicia and Samaria, describing in detail the conversion of the Gentiles and brought great joy to all the brothers. In other words, all these other churches along the way. When they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by what? The church in Jerusalem and the apostles and the elders, and they declared all that God had done with them. There's this picture of this church that has these expressions all over. Well, we understand we are a part of a global community. You know, in the Bible, it was very simple. It's the early days of the church. There weren't, you know, there are, there are tens, hundreds of thousands of church people in San Antonio area. You know, scriptures, they have the church at Rome, church at Corinth, church at Thessalonica, church at Ephesus. We're part of the church at San Antonio. And if you want to have a biblical expression of that, well, we just for sake of size, we have these local congregations. But no, now, no one of us is like the whole church of San Antonio. We're part of it. And yet, and this is really important, the vast majority of those references in the Bible when it says the word church is talking about local congregations. The implication of the word is you are part of a group of people, an actual place. So people who say, well, I'm part of the universal church, but I just don't participate in a local church. Yeah, that totally violates vast majority of what the scripture is saying when it comes to the church. We're supposed to be connected with other believers. That's who we are. You really can't be part of the church global without being part of the church local. And we want to take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro, a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church in this message called Who Needs the Church in the series Better Together is available right now on the sermon page at reachingforreallife.org. And while you're there, if you've been blessed by this teaching, your gift of any amount helps this radio ministry continue to help others. Just find the Donate tab at reachingforreallife.org. And in fact, your gift of any amount will get you the latest book from Pastor Sean Azaro. 302 Books, a division of Salem Media Group, presents A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life, Rediscovering the Gift of the Spirit, authored by Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Growing up in and around Pentecostal churches, I really learned to appreciate the role of the Spirit in the life of the believer, but I also saw what I considered to be imbalance and excess in some of our churches when it came to how we taught about the infilling. Now available at Amazon.com, Sean Azaro shares his most requested teaching and radio broadcast Podcast series in a devotional form, encouraging you to embrace the Spirit-filled life. I wrote in a devotional style to encourage readers to examine the Scripture with fresh eyes and make room for the Lord to speak about the role of the Spirit in our lives. The goal of the whole book is to simply make you hungry for more of the Spirit. Order your copy of A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life by Sean Azaro today at Amazon or reachingforreallife.org. And now the conclusion to the message, Who Needs the Church? This is Reaching for Real Life Radio. The embodiment of the gospel is this community called the church. This one's so important. The church is a family that God places you in. It's a family that God places you in. I want you to understand that that's one of the greatest needs. When a person becomes a follower of Jesus Christ, the first thing that has to happen is they get planted in a family that can help them grow. 1 Timothy 3.15, Paul says it this way. He says, if I'm delayed, you'll know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household. There's a picture of a family, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the foundation of the truth. See, one of the reasons we, when a child is born, we make sure they're planted in a family because they need to be cared for. They need to be fed. They need to grow. And that's the same that's true of every one of us. 
And just because now I'm a grandfather doesn't mean I don't need my family. Because it's, it's just how we're wired. In the family, we care for each other. All the one another's in the Bible love one another, care for one another, serve one another. It happens in this context of family. We help each other grow and mature, just like family does. We take responsibility for each other. There's an, a sense of accountability to one another. That's the plan that God had for the church and family. And there's another thing that all good, healthy families have that the church is supposed to have, and it's one of the reasons why so many people sometimes try to skip out and try to avoid. And that's a thing called authority. A thing called authority. See, in the Scripture, we just did a study of the book of Titus, and we saw how Paul laid out and challenged Titus to establish elderships at the various congregations. He said the same thing to Timothy. Establish elders at each of these congregations. Elders are spiritual leaders in the congregation. The Apostle Paul, when he wrote in Ephesians 4, he says he gave some as apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. Leadership positions. Acts 20, 28, we see a picture of it. Keep watch over yourselves. He's speaking to these elders and all the flock with which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. That's that picture. Overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he brought, bought with his own blood. This idea of overseeing, shepherding, caring for, but this picture of authority. You know, some people say, well, I don't, I'm not really part of any church, but I meet with my friends at a coffee house. That's not necessarily a church. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think it has to look like this. There is nothing in the Bible that says you've got to have chairs in a row. That's just an easy way for public speaking. We do it at universities. We do it, you know, at churches just because it's a good way to, to utilize the space for this type of thing. There's nothing that says some guy's got to be on a platform. That's just so people in the back can see better. It's, it's not biblical. It's just practical. And there's lots of different ways to do church. I've got a friend who leads a house church. They've got three different house churches that meet together. I love it. It's a biblical model. I, I, I think there's all different kind of forms and shapes that the church can take. But one thing that they all have in common is a sense of leadership. There has to be a sense of leadership the, where there's some guidance, some teaching, some shepherding, sometimes some discipline. It's a part of a family and it's a part of the church. So when the person says, well, I'm, you know, I, I, go, I meet at coffee with a few friends, that's a wonderful thing. That's great fellowship. It doesn't necessarily make it a church. You know, we have to deal with this a lot with Christian schools. And we have a Christian school. We have a great Christian school here. We love our Christian school. But we, I talk to people who are at a Christian school somewhere and go, well, our, our kids don't, we don't have time for, for, to, for the kids to be a part of the church. Cause, well, but they get, it at, they get it at school. What, what is they're getting? They're getting something. They get it at school, at their Christian school. Okay, well, that's not the church. Well, but they're Christians. They're part of the church, yes, but that's not the church. You know how I know for a fact? Because if you don't make the right grades and you can't do the work, you probably won't be able to continue in that school because it's not good for you. If you don't pay your tuition, you won't be able to continue in that school. And that, there's nothing wrong with the Christian schools doing that. Christian school is an important part of ministering and discipling people. But what I'm saying to you is you, don't, you can't confuse that for the church because the church is family. It's different. It's a family we walk to. We have a different purpose. We have a different assignment. We have a different way of interacting. And it's the way God designed it. And one of those things that it has is authority. That sense of authority. And that's something that sometimes we get real nervous about. Because here's the thing. I want to be my own authority in my life. You know? 
If it's just me and Jesus, then I can just determine whatever Jesus says and do whatever I want. Or, better yet, I go to the internet. Because the Lord knows there's, I can find whatever I want on the internet. God says this. No, if you want me to find the exact opposite, I'll find it on the internet. So I, I, if I'm by myself, I can be my own arbiter of truth in everything. And it's just broken. And the church, in its healthy familial sense, is designed to protect us from it. Because we all need it. We can all get twisted sideways once in a while, and we need brothers and sisters. We need elders. We need people to come along and say, whoa, whoa, time out. That's not, that's not what God asked us to do. And to encourage us to follow Jesus and to walk in the faith. See, the embodiment of the gospel is this community called the church. Last thing. I'll close with this. The church is the physical representation of Jesus. And I want you to see this. I want you to understand this. We are spiritual beings, and yet God planted us in a physical body. And there's something about actual flesh and blood being with people who love Jesus and know Jesus. Colossians chapter 1.18 says, And He, Jesus, is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything He might have this supremacy. We are the physical representation of Jesus, His presence, His name, His glory together. All week long, you and I, are bombarded with messages that absolutely contradict the empirical truth of creation. And we get it from all different sizes, all different, all different kind of places, all different shapes and sizes. We really do. I mean, you can get it on the news, and you, get, and you can just get yourself... If you find yourself getting angry sometimes at the news, you're just going, I can't believe it. Or if you find yourself going through social media, going through your Twitter account, and just getting crazy... Or listen to the things people say. Listen to the things, or listen to what government officials are saying and making yourself absolutely nuts. Something happens when we come together as the body. It's almost as though we are reminded, wait a minute, the government's not God. Oh, thank you, God. Government's not going to have the final word. That dang political party, whichever the one you don't like is, they're, they're not going to have the final word. Or, I hate to tell you, the one that you do like is not going to have the final word either. So when we gather and we worship... And we sing Revelation song. It's almost as if our vision is lifted up and we look at all the garbage that we're bombarded with that goes totally against the grain of the reality of the gospel. And we come together and we worship and we see He is high and lifted up. We see a little glimpse of that vision that John got in Revelation where God pulled back the curtain for him and said, John, this is happening right now. And isn't it interesting what he saw? He saw a throne high and lifted up. And John, remember, John had been exiled onto the Isle of Patmos by the Roman emperor. And John was given a vision. There's a throne greater than the Roman emperor's throne. Roman emperor is not going to have the final word. The Roman Empire is not going to have the final word. And we all know that, right? The Roman Empire is gone. Except for what? Oh, a church. See, John, before anybody knew, the Roman Empire would one day just kind of crumble. John got a picture that, yeah, the Roman Empire is not going to have the final word. Some of us need to be reminded our government's not going to have the final word. The media is not going to have the final word. Education is not going to have the final word. The economy is not going to have the final word. Jesus Christ is going to have the final word because he's the one on the throne. And that's what we remind one another of as we sing songs and worship, as we open the Word, as we encourage each other. That's one of the powerful aspects of our gathering together. 
we're, our spirit is cleansed, our mind is refocused, and we head back out into the mission field being reminded of who's really in charge, being reminded that we're filled with the spirit of God. See, we're all spiritual beings, but we're also physical. And there's something about getting together with other flesh and blood people who are filled with the spirit and who love Jesus. That's the power of the church. That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio. And if you'd like to hear this full message in the series, Better Together, it's available right now on demand at reachingforreallife.org. And we'd also love to hear from you on our contact page, or even better, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Find the Donate tab at reachingforreallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park, next to the Real Life Amphitheater. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. This Reaching for Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time as you travel the road to real life. River City Community Church is a church for real life. Real life is what we were created for and what we're all about. In fact, our mission is more people living real life by passionately following Jesus. Hi, I'm Pastor Sean Azaro, and we believe we were made to have a life full of meaning and purpose that can only be found in relationship with our Creator. That's what real life is. It's not just a church thing. It's a way of living that powerfully impacts every area of our lives. River City is come as you are and has a relaxed, casual feel with practical teaching, inspirational worship, and age-appropriate ministry for the whole family. We're located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Rotama Park. Our current service times are 9.30 and 11.30 Sunday mornings. River City is a church for real life, and so our home on the web is reallife.org. We hope you'll come and see us as you travel the road to real life.